Disrupt Radio, the sound of Australian entrepreneurial spirit. Self-improvement comes at a cost, physically, financially, but crucially mentally. How do you stay sane? Maybe you own a business or an entrepreneur or simply want to improve yourself. Are you overloaded, overwhelmed and just over it? On Soul Trader, you'll hear from individuals who have achieved huge things in life, how they keep it together, and how they survive the struggle to success. Hi, I'm Nick Brax, and this is Soul Trader. Disrupt Radio. In a world brimming with choices and possibilities, it's easy to become enticed by the allure of new opportunities. We're bombarded with the notion that there's always something better around the corner, a shinier opportunity, a quicker path to success. This is something I'm sure most of you will relate to. An entrepreneur's ability to identify new opportunities is often just as much of an Achilles heel as it is an asset in the pursuit of success. What if the real pathway to success is not in the pursuit of the next opportunity, but in fully embracing the potential of the one that's right in front of you? Instead of flitting about from one venture to another, success is often found in cultivating the ability to recognize the hidden gems within the opportunities we're presented with and nurturing them until they grow into something remarkable. It's about making a conscious decision to invest our time, energy, and expertise into projects, ideas, and relationships that resonate with our core values and aspirations. When a sculptor chisels away at a block of marble, Every strike of the chisel is deliberate, measured, and purposeful. The sculptor doesn't abandon the marble midway to chase after a different block. Instead, they pour their heart into the masterpiece that's taking shape before their eyes. In much the same way, we should approach our opportunities as works of art, as canvases waiting to be painted with our passion, determination, and sweat. The world may romanticize the idea of constantly chasing the next big thing, but let's debunk that myth. True greatness emerges from digging deep, from staying the course, from nurturing the seeds of opportunity until they blossom into trees of accomplishment. It's about recognizing that each endeavor has its own rhythm, its own learning curve, and its own set of challenges. These challenges, far from being deterrents, are the very crucibles that forge us into stronger, wiser individuals. How many times have we seen promising ventures fizzle out, not because of a lack of potential, but due to a lack of patience. It's like planting a garden and leaving it barren after a few weeks, never witnessing the bountiful harvest that could have been. We owe it to ourselves and to our aspirations to see things through, to weather the storms, and to emerge on the other side with a story of growth and triumph. Embracing an opportunity to its fullest isn't just about commitment. It's about extracting every ounce of wisdom, experience, and insight it has to offer. It's about immersing ourselves so deeply in the process that we become attuned to the subtle nuances and intricacies that might otherwise go unnoticed. It's about finding the diamonds hidden in the rough, the solutions concealed within challenges, and the growth that blossoms from adversity. In a world where instant gratification and the allure of the next big thing beckon, there lies a quieter, more profound path. It's a path of committing to opportunities with unwavering resolve, 
of nurturing them through the peaks and the valleys, and emerging on the other side with a sense of accomplishment that transcends the fleeting glamour of novelty and superficial esteem. It's time to shift the paradigm, to embrace the art of patience and persistence, and to relish in the rewards that come from fully exploring the potential of each opportunity. Your legacy awaits, and that's not defined by the number of doors you opened, but by the depth of which you delved and the impact you left in your wake. Soul Trader. Today's guest talks about identifying a good opportunity and going all in. Sam Bashiri's journey from a childhood of hardship in war-torn Iran to founder of successful Australian company Broadband Solutions has propelled him into the spotlight as a well-known Australian entrepreneur, mentor and speaker. Sam, great to meet you, mate. Thank you for making the time to come on the podcast. Thank you for having me, and it's lovely to meet you as well for the first time. So before we get into it, are you able to give a bit of a, a background on yourself you know, a bit sure. basically, if you can give us your story and, and how you got to, you know, doing what you're doing now. I was born in Iran, in Tehran, in Iran. Um, at the age of 10, I uh, migrated to Australia with my uh, mum and sister. Um, we basically came here for a better life. Uh, we wanted to have the freedom to be able to, you know, just live a normal life without any limits in terms of being able to do what you want, talk about what you want to talk about. Just all those basic things that I guess we take for granted every day. So we migrated here. Um, we came here illegally. Uh, as a part of coming here illegally, we, uh, I did probably a year and a half to two years in detention from the age of 10 to 12, which looking back now kind of was daunting as a child growing, you know, going through that. Then got out, couldn't speak a word of English, didn't know anyone here. Really what helped us was the community around the church community, the Persian community, total strangers, a lot of, lot of strangers that were so kind to us. You know, I still remember getting our first black and white TV, which had one of those dial things, you know, yeah. just like an absolute box um, <laughs> and getting that from the church. And I think that was one of my highlights of my childhood. I was so happy to have that TV. And I remember connecting the antenna, the old school antennas you put on top of the TV and connecting to one of the channels. And um, a lot of good memories through hard times that I still remember as a child. Um, but what I, what I remember is that how the generosity and kindness of other people can help you to get on with your life, even through the hardest period of time. Um, so, yeah, through that, I went after... We got out. I went through uh, primary school. I think I did one year of primary school. Then I went to high school. Then I went to university. Um, there's a lot of pressure as a child going to through uni, especially coming from the Persian community. You either had to be a doctor or engineer. If you weren't, you were an absolute failure. I remember back then um, the Asian newspaper uh, printed out all the results when uh, your VCE results, which is what we did back then, and um, the whole community would go and buy the paper. All right, and they look for your name and to see if you got into medicine or engineering. So when you're looking back, it's it's a lot of pressure on a young person to perform and perform at something that maybe you have no interest in, really, because everyone mm -hmm. has different interests. So I didn't get into uh, I didn't get into engineering or medicine. I um I got into uh, computing course, information technology. I did that for a number of years. But I, I really had no direction. I, I don't know why. I've never really sat down and thought about it. But I really, I had an interest in computers, but it wasn't something that I, I was very passionate about. University was something that I was passionate about. I found the lectures to be quite dry. 
I didn't have the attention span to sit there for over an hour. Um, I usually started to switch off after 30 minutes. Um, I remember, I think it was in my early 20s when I um, sat in the driveway of my mum and dad's house and I I just started crying. I just looked in the rear view mirror of the car and I just started crying because um, I was lost. I had no direction. I didn't want to become a failure. All the sacrifices that my parents made for us to come here Mm. And all the stories that they kept making every day, going to work, trying to provide for us and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I reversed the car out. I went to Centrelink, which is a place where you look for jobs. This is back in the dial-up days where internet was quite new. I applied for a job in an internet company, in a call center. It's called ESA back then. EISA was a new internet company. I remember going for a job interview at 459 Collins Street, level 14, walked in. Back then, there's a lot of young kids in skateboard gear running around. Anyways, I applied for a job, seven fifty an hour, got the job, put the headset on, started learning in these uh, cubicles where there was three or four other you know, colleagues. She asked a lot of questions, a lot of questions. I was the first one to come, last one to leave. And I used to get, I used to make probably 5 to $10 extra every day or maybe a little bit more by logging people that were coming in late. They used to call me and log, log them into the system so that they don't get into trouble for being late. So I did that for a number of years and then I thought, well, Great, I've learned a lot, but it's a bit of depressing because everyone that calls, they're always upset and angry and irate because they can't connect to the internet. So I should look for a different kind of uh, line of work. I love sales. I love meeting people. I love networking. I moved to sales. I went actually for a job interview, interview and um, the first job interview I did with, uh, it was a family business. The wife, she interviewed me and she thought my language skills went up to scratch and I wouldn't be able to deal with CEOs and um, high net worth people. Uh, companies. Um, so she said no. I asked for a second interview. I got interviewed again and uh, Matthew, her husband, interviewed me and um, and he said, no, you should be all right. And he gave me the truth feedback, which I really appreciated. Um, mm. He said, look, Sally thought maybe you went up to scratch. I think, you know, you've got the oomph that you need to give it a good crack. Um, so he gave me a shot. I did that for a number of years. And then while I was doing that, there was a lot of mergers and acquisitions happening through the telecommunications industry. So um I got to experience all that secondhand in terms of seeing people sell their companies, their share prices going up, then the share prices going to nothing and losing everything. I got to see people coming to new environments in their mid-40s, late-40s, and then getting a tap on the shoulder and letting go because of the acquisitions that were happening. So I got to experience a lot, and it really helped me to focus on where I wanted to be in my 30s and 40s. So I decided that the only way that I was going to really be able to achieve what I wanted to achieve was to go on my own. I was driving one day, I thought broadband solutions kind of made sense. I went and looked up the domain, which is the domain name broadbandsolutions.com.au. I took out probably a thousand dollars or so on my credit card to help set it up and get things going. There was bulletin boards back then. We're going really back now where you could advertise your services for free. So I went on that bulletin board. It used to be called Broadband Choice and I um, advertised my services selling to internet to anybody that wanted internet, small businesses, residential, all sorts. Really, really hard work. And every day I thought about, am I doing the right thing? Should I just go and get a job? Do a nine to five job and not worry about staying up every night and changing mm. my website and optimizing this and that and learning about Google AdWords, learning about Facebook, all these things that I had to learn myself because I didn't have the funds to hire people. When one of the things that Steve Jobs said, um, uh, I've got one of his paintings, portraits that I'm looking at. He said that you can always connect the dots when you look back. So when I look back now, I realize everything that happened happened for a reason. Yeah. Failures and successes. I 
enjoyed playing golf or trying to play golf. I'm not a really good player, but um, <laughs> I was playing golf one day at, in Alba Park in Melbourne. I got a phone call from a hotel. Sam, they looked us up in that bulletin board and they wanted an internet connection for a conference that they had coming up in two days' time. So I stopped playing. I went and I um, organized a satellite dish for them to put on the roof and use for this conference. They used it for the conference. They absolutely loved it. A couple of weeks later, I got a phone call from another hotel uh, asking for the same solution. So I provided the same solutions for them. And then at the end of the conference, I asked them, you know, why why not keep this internet link? Why not keep mm-hmm. the user for conferences? And they said, look, now we deal with um, some major companies that provide our movie system, our internet, they bundle it together. Thanks, but no thanks. So I said, well, who are they? Why don't you give me their details and maybe I can speak to them and we can partner together. And I remember at the same time, uh, my nephew was going through a leukemia treatment. He was three years old. He was going through treatment in hospital, in, uh, in Monash Kids Hospital. And um. I went to, one of the days I went to buy him a DVD player, those portable DVD players, so he can watch those DVDs while he's going through his treatment. And I remember pulling up in the airport, the DFO outlet there in front of JB Hi-Fi and thought to myself, what have I got to lose? Why don't I just call and introduce myself to this mm. company? The worst thing that they're going to do is hang up on me and tell me to go away. So I picked up the phone, I rang up, I spoke to a gentleman called Nick Kusis. I spoke to him, he's the operations major there. They put me through to him, I spoke to him and he said, look, we're actually looking at going through a tender process soon and looking at some new vendors. Why don't you come up to Sydney and see me? I went to Sydney, I met Nick, got along really well with him. And he said, look, I like you, you're young, you're enthusiastic, like, you know, you've got a lot of passion. I'll give you a shot when the tender process comes up. A couple of months later, the tender process came up. I never, I've never done a tender in my life. Don't know how to write a tender, wouldn't know how to start one. So I reached out to one of my old bosses from my old companies and I asked him if he could help me to do this tender. And he said, yeah, I'll help you. It'll cost you $1,500 a day. $1,500 a day was a lot of money to me. We had, we had yeah. hardly anything. So I remember going and getting three, four different credit cards and taking a cash advance on those credit cards and, um, and paying um, my old boss to do this tender. We did the tender a few months later. And uh, and at this stage, we we're probably making five, ten thousand $10,000 a month. And if we got this tender over probably 12 months' time, it would have gone up to, I don't know, three, four hundred thousand dollars revenue. So massive life-changing experience it would have been for us. And a few months later, I got a phone call saying, look, you've been successful in the tender. I'm going to get our head of technology to come and check out your operations in Melbourne. And if he's good, then we're good to go. My operation was two desks in office, um, probably 10, 15 square meter office. <laughs> There's no operation. I, under- I understood the industry. By this stage, I was in the industry probably five, six years, if not longer. I was the best at what I did. We could provide the solution hands down and better than anybody else. But we just didn't have the, you know, the fancy office or anything like that. So I remember coming home that night and feeling absolutely shattered, having spent fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars on this tender and above all, not wanting to lose face. Right, thinking, you know, if he comes and sees this operation, two desks, it's just, there's no way, you know. So I thought in the morning I'll give him a call and just say, look, um, something's come up. Unfortunately, I can't make it. I remember seven o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call from the gentleman that was coming to see our operation. Said, look, I'm way too busy. I have no time to come and see it. Why don't you come to my office in queue and we'll have a chat there. Perfect. Went there, met him, and everything from that moment changed. And everybody through that story over the last 18 years ended up working with me wow. and working for me. And, you know, it's it's interesting, Nick, you know, like I said, there's defining moments. And I always say this, I could have continued to play golf. I could have not answered that phone call. I could have not made that phone call at DFO that day. There's two or three things, that, you know, a lot of people talk about being smart, having a high IQ. That I think it's all just about seeing opportunity and seizing that opportunity. 
and giving it a go. You know, it's about mm-hmm. showing up. It's about giving it a go, trying your best. And if I'm a massive believer of also karma, I think if, you know, your parents, your grandparents, or you, you've done good things, good deeds along the way, and you've made a lot of sacrifices along the way, or your other generations in your family have, good things happen, you know. Soul Trader for the work-life balance sheet. This is Soul Trader on Disrupt Radio. I'm Nick Brax, and I'm talking about seizing opportunities with my guest, Sam Bashiri. I've had a lot of challenges. You know, I went from a young man who lived in the detention center, then lived in commission houses, and really got picked on at school for not having a lot, to discovering a lot of money in my early 30s without any guidance and mentorship. So that brought on a lot of challenges for me at that age. Pretty scary how much you know money I spent and all the challenges that I went through in my mental health because I was burning out. Mm. I was just working so hard. You know, I was doing 10, 12, 14 hour days. Yeah. I was just grinding and grinding and never having that mentorship or guidance, you know, not having someone to tell me, you know, you gotta have discipline in terms of you have to have balance in life, you know, and just making it about working and making money. I really went through a stage, probably two or three years of my life where when I look back now, it's quite scary. And, you know, I say this to a lot of young men. It's because if you come from a very wealthy family, that's been taught, you've been taught that through generation to generation through generation, right? But if you don't and you discover money, which a lot of young kids are doing these days with the crypto and with mm. all this stuff, and I see that and, um, and you see them making such different mistakes. Incredibly inspiring, like super inspiring. And I love stories like yours where you've literally done it from nothing, you know, from the ground up and worked it out as you go. I think they're the most inspiring stories. And it's a good message for everyone to hear as well that, you know, anyone can do it if you're, but like what you said, it's about not, not, not that you have to have any certain, you know, circumstances working for you. It's being able to see the opportunities and to jump on them when they happen. And, you know, and that takes self-awareness, I think, to be able to to do that. But, you know, it's interesting, the other part that you mentioned as well, which I guess that's a big part of why, you know, we're doing this podcast as well. And, you know, mental health in men, especially is a huge thing. And, you know, there isn't that guidance of, if when they've got the money, what do they do? How do you how do you be a man? How do you transition in all these different parts of life? And when we don't have the guidance, you know, where the hell are we? How, how do we know what the hell to do? Like you, you, you basically learn. You know, I know for myself, I learned through making so many mistakes and falling flat on my face, doing stupid things. And you know, you look back and um, you just you know you learn through trial and error. But often that doesn't. Some people don't come out the other side of that. You know, that transition. Spot on, spot on. Man, you don't know any better. You don't know any better as a young man, you know, um, being put in the spotlight, getting a lot of accolades and all that from everybody. It, it, it really gets to you because you're just, you're just young, you know. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be wanted. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants to feel special, whether we admit to it or not. It's just, you know, especially when you're young and you're looking for, um, you're looking for uh, validation. Exactly. Especially when you come from nothing, we want to. We just want to be validated. You're looking for validation, and sometimes you're looking for validation from everybody, you know, um, and sometimes from the wrong kind of people. Um, so it's it's really important. And to be honest with you, I think one of the things that really helped me through my life is exercise. Every time I exercise, it really helped me clear my mind. Every time 
I kept very busy, but busy and focused on a number of different things and I got the balance right. So, you know, one of the things I did a lot of was that I used to switch my phone off for an hour every day and I used to just go to, just go for a walk. Mm. Just go for a walk alone with, without anyone around and really realize how blessed I am to be where I am today because yeah. we forget that because we are constantly grinding and, and, you know, we always think we're not good enough and we have so much to prove to others. And, you know, I always say if you, in life, you, all you do, if you don't get your balance in life, right, all you're doing is just going from one room to another room. And every room, you're going to find someone better looking than you, someone mm. stronger than you, someone richer than you. So unless you learn to be content and happy with what you have, you're just going to chase that and just going to move different rooms. You know, your life's going to pass you by. You know, what did I really achieve? Yes, I created wealth, but what does that really mean? And I've learned to talk to people. Again, as men, especially young men, they thought that we have to be tough and strong and we shouldn't talk about things. We shouldn't talk about our feelings and emotions. But I think it takes actually a stronger person to be able to speak about your feelings and emotions and you have to have empathy for people. And I think it's very important to own who you are and own your mistakes. There's no, I, I don't believe in that we are bad. I think it's just the circumstances that we've been through and I think Everything comes from your childhood and your childhood experiences. Whether you realize it or not, it affects you a lot. And, and it's just being able to tap into that and recognize what you've been through. You know, for me to, as a child, to grow up in Iran when we had a war between Iran and Iraq every night, hear the sirens go off and had to run and hide. Mm. We had bunkers in our buildings. And then from there, coming to a totally foreign country, having to be locked up for a number of years, those are, those are traumas without you even realizing it. 100%. Because you just, yeah. you know, but we don't realize it. We're like, oh, such life, let's get on with it. Yeah. You know, don't be a weep, don't, don't complain, just move on. That's life, okay? But when you stop and think about, they, they do affect you in life. And having been bullied and picked on at school meant that I never felt good enough. In a way, that's what also you take that as fuel to push you to do well in life. Yeah. Because you have something to prove. You're like, well, I am good enough. I am not going to become a victim because it's so easy to become a victim a lot of the time. Say, oh, well, life is too hard. I don't have this. I don't have that. So what opportunities do I have? And how can I succeed in life? Mm-hmm. Or you take that and you use that as fuel to push you to show to yourself and others that you are good enough and you can make it. But the other side of that is that it comes a lot of other crap when it comes in terms of mental health because it really messes with you in your head unless you have that guidance and help. And I think it's really important to find someone that you can talk to. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, even a friend or a mentor. I think such a big thing. And, you know, throughout my life, I probably went through, as I got older and as, as the business grew, I probably found three or four mentors that really helped me with my business and where I am today. And, you know, from time to time, you reach the maximum level you can get from that person. And then you move on to the next and the next as you grow. Yeah. But I think it's quite important to have that. I think it's so important. And no, all the points you're making, I think are so important because it's, it's so true. Like we don't realize like when you're a kid, you just sort of, once you get become an adult, you, and we've by that point suppressed ourselves to the point where you learn all these coping mechanisms. Like a kid is so emotionally open and, you know, like they they don't have an ego, they're willing to sort of do anything. And then you get, you know, you protect yourself and then you sort of get to a point where you, you don't even realize like you've got all these underlying things until you start working on yourself. But it is that I think about what you were saying all the time of like, 
Um, and again, I know for me and so many people, like a lot of things that I went through and these chips I had on my shoulder and self-esteem issues and whatever it was, that was the fuel to drive me to then take extreme action to go on the career that I'm now on. But then, you know, at some point you're not going to, like you're saying, you're not going to be happy no matter what happens unless you can also work on yourself because that's such a, like, there is no end to it. It's like, what level do you go to where and not where it's enough for you to feel like you're enough. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so interesting. And like, I've got a lot of friends that have made a lot of money and, you know, they've sort of said the same thing where, you know, it's made life better in some ways in terms of removing stress and everything, but the core things don't go away. And I mean, is it, so is that something you've experienced with sort of yep. that path? Yep, hundred percent. And I think, you know, uh, I'm 44 years old. So once I hit 40, I really, started to slow down in a lot of ways. You know, I put a CEO, CEO on to run my company on a day-to-day basis because I really wanted to take the time out to mm. invest in myself and get to know myself better. And also I wanted to take the time out to um, enjoy different things in life, you know, yep. going on a whole day, taking time out without feeling guilty. I, I don't think I've ever slept in. If I ever slept in, I felt guilty, yeah. you know, that I shouldn't, I shouldn't sleep in. If I sleep in past 7 o'clock, I'm a bum. <laughs> wow, hmm. How could you even do that? It's like, yeah. well, it is okay to sleep in on a weekend. Like, no, nothing's going to happen. I've been, <laughs> it's so I've funny. You know, I'm, I'm just laughing because, like, I do all these versions with myself, and my girlfriend's always like saying to me, like, there'll be, and just stupid things where it's like, yeah just this need to feel in control because you're so paranoid that if I take my foot off the pedal in one area, something might fall. Like you just got this feeling of things yeah, are going to fall apart. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. I remember one day like, I was driving a different car and I didn't have a phone charger in my car. I remember running to, uh, driving to office works, running in, buying a uh, charger, opening it, throwing the money at the counter and going into the car, just putting the charger and putting it into my phone. I'm like, whoa, what am I doing? The world's not going to stop. That was just like, I couldn't believe I actually even did that because I always was, I always thought I was always on the go. I was yeah. always on the go, nonstop, you know? Um, but yeah, look, for me in the last uh, four years, I've realized that there's more to life. And number one is that you really got to get to know yourself. You mentioned that. It's so important to discover yourself and no one's perfect. You know, you see this social media life where you see all the nice things people have, all the good things they are doing. But if you actually sit down and talk to a lot of those people, which I have to many of that, a lot of people, you find that it's a whole different story behind that social media. It's so different. It is actually a filter, not on just appearances, filter on life when you really yep. think about it. And I think it's, it's really, really important to get to know yourself. I realize that no one is perfect. It's about getting to know, yes, this is where I'm good at. This is not what I'm good at. This is where I lack in my life. This is what I need to work on. And yes, it's not going to happen overnight. I'm not going to change overnight. It's going to take a lot of time and effort. And there are going to be times that, you know, I might do things that I don't agree with and I might slip up here and there. And that's just part of life, you know. Yeah. And um, as long as you are working towards bettering yourself for yourself, not for others, not in others' eyes, because no matter how good you are, when you walk into a room, 99.9% of the time, people will judge you based on your appearance, based on your looks, based on how you speak, based on your race, based on all sorts of different things. You will get judged whether you like it or not. But they don't pay your bills, mate. 
They're, they're not there, you know, they're not there every day with you. They're, they don't know the real you. So you must do it for yourself and not others. And that's something that's been very big for me because I always thought I had something to prove yeah. to everybody, you know. Um, and it took me 40 years to realize that, yeah. that I don't. And I can be myself, my genuine self, and I can all own all my flaws. And it's okay. It's because that's how we all are, right? As you grow older, you find that it's all about also leaving a legacy of some sort yeah. for your family and for other young people so they can learn from your mistakes but also learn that you can create success within your own means. And I'm a big believer that success has a different meaning to everyone. To some person, it's a white picket fence and a dog and a family, which is beautiful. To someone, it's a yacht or a fucking Ferrari or whatever it may be. You can be successful with your own means. And as long as you're happy, that is your success. You have done okay. And that's all that matters. You're with Nick Brax on Soul Trader and you're on Disrupt Radio on DAB+. More with Sam Bashiri in a moment. Soul Trader. Reworking work. It's really dangerous now with social media and everyone comparing themselves. And, you know, we live in this like this capitalistic, consumeristic world and people are often striving for all these things that they haven't had enough time to work out to learn about themselves, to even work out, hey, do I actually want this or not? Like you should spend the time to try and learn, okay, what what is it that I really want? Otherwise, you know, you're going to drive yourself into the ground. You're going to be miserable. You're going to burn out. You're going to, you know, you're just not going to be the best version of yourself if you don't. And it's not sustainable. You'll just, you'll break down. 100%. It's all about fulfillment. What truly fulfills you? Yeah. You know, I got to some of the best restaurants I always have, but I can go and have a kebab and I'll pick that kebab any day over any fancy restaurant as long as I'm with the right company, right? And yeah. just simple things in life. Yes, it's nice to have a lot of nice things, but those things shouldn't define you. Hmm. They should not define you. If you if you need those things to be able to operate and live your life on a daily basis, then it's not right. You have every right to have whatever you want, and that's yeah. great. But at the end of the day, anything materialistic in your life should not define you. You should yeah. be able to operate without with losing all of those things tomorrow. You should still be able to operate and have a good time and have those friends and family around you that you had. Yes. And I think also the key factor as you get all these that the smaller your circle is, the better. So true. And I'm a massive believer of that. I, I used to be that kid that used to have friends everywhere. No matter where I went, I run into people and all that. But now I probably have, you know, three or four friends that I love with all my heart. Um, they're just the most beautiful people for me personally. That's more than enough for me because with business, with family, with everything that you got going on, you really don't have a lot of time. And I think you got to appreciate and respect your time and you should respect yourself and yeah. your time. Then people won't either. We get the word humble a lot, you know, and I think people don't understand it. Being, being humble is how you treat others. It's not based on what you have or you don't have. It's not based on, you know, what how much time you make for absolute strangers or people that add no benefit to your life. Yeah. And you, if you're told that that's selfish and we shouldn't be like that, and it's not true, mate. You know, you come first. If you can't look after yourself, how are you going to help others? If you're not in the right financial position, if you're not in the right place you need to be in life, you cannot help others. And if you want to help others, help yourself first, do your shit together, set yourself up, 
and then use that as a tool to help and guide others or donate to the right foundations or anything that's close to your heart, then you're in a position to do that. So it's very, very important sometimes in life to put yourself first. I couldn't you know? agree more. And, you know, like you said, it's not selfish. It's actually more selfish not to put yourself first because exactly like you said, if you don't put yourself first, you're going to become a bad version of yourself. Then you're going to be bad to be around. And like, oh, I love all the points you're making and it's so true. And like anyone, you know, that says they've, you know, if, you, if you've got more, like you're saying, than sort of four or five super close friends, it's almost impossible to have like deep relationships because like something unconditional and I've got the same thing. I've now got probably three three or no probably four close friends where it's unconditional to the point you know i'm in new york if it was three in the morning here and i needed to talk to one of them i can call them they'll help me if i need and i'll do the same for them but i couldn't have that with any more people because you can't like there's only so much time in a day to service relationships you know your partner work whatever else you're doing like and if you are trying to do more you're gonna nothing's gonna have meaning it's gonna be all sort of fleeting sort of things you're doing. So true. You're 100% right. It won't because you can't. You can only give so much. And as you said, it will have no meaning because it won't have any depth to it. So it's really when you think about it, it's not possible. It's it's impossible. That's the thing. (laughs) Yeah. Jim Carrey said a quote where he was saying, I wish everyone could become as rich and famous as I've become because then they would realise it's not the answer. Do you feel like for for you having the success you've had in business, you would have been able to have these realizations that this is not the only answer to being fulfilled and happy. It, did it take actually achieving it to realize that? It took, it, uh, it took achieving it and it took also going through all the challenges that I went through in my life to realize that's not the answer because people think that, oh, if you become successful, everything in life is good, everything good, but there's so much other things that come with that that you don't see, right? Um, uh, depression comes in different forms. You know, I... I I believe I went through it. I was never diagnosed or never looked for a diagnosis for it. I never yeah. like, I never had um, depression in terms of not being able to get out of the house or getting up and all that kind of stuff. So I never experienced those things. But I think I um, I felt lonely a lot, a lot of the times, even though I wasn't. I, mm. um, I was very hard on myself a lot. So I was my biggest critic. I carried a lot of guilt. I don't know why. And I think um, for me, that really, really affected me a lot. I think being successful is great. Making money is great, but you also have to have insight into yourself without that you're really blind and you're just mm-hmm. not living an authentic version of yourself. And um, I think it made me realize that it wasn't everything because growing up, starting a business and all that, it was about that. It was about, yeah. I was taught as a young boy that success is about how much money you have, what mm-hmm. cars you have, what you do, this and that is all about that. You get wiser as you get older because you make more mistakes, right? So yeah. as you get older, you yeah. make more mistakes, so you learn from your mistakes, right? Um, but, yeah, no, it's not the answer. It just really opens your eyes. And I think one of the things that's very important is not to get consumed by it. Yeah, I see a lot of people get consumed by it, and I see a lot of people that have created so much wealth and lose it all because of some bad decisions in their life. And it's heartbreaking. They're not bad people. You know, they just made the wrong decisions. They've just got caught up with the wrong people. I think one of the things that we really need to do is uh, stop and think a lot more, like a lot of the times. What happens as an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. You don't think about it. And one or two bad decisions can absolutely destroy your life. Again, slow down. Yeah, We need to slow down. And that's one of the things, that's why I used to turn my phone off and go for that walk. And one of the things, you know, I still do is that I'll go, 
I, obviously I'm in the, in the city and I go for a walk around places where I was getting paid seven fifty an hour. I go past the Mida, the pub that I used to sit down and have lunch when I was earning $15 an hour. And it really grounds me. Yeah. Um, the place that I live in now, one of the reasons why I moved there a year ago was when I look to my right, I see that building, that Colson on level 14 that I mentioned. That's where I started my journey. And I would have wow. never, ever in my wildest dream thought I'd be where I am today when I look at down that window. And, you know, but I did it because it really brings me down and you need to slow down. And well, it's just, gratitude. It's giving you gratitude, isn't it? It's like, yeah. It really is, mate. Because, you, you know, as you, as, especially when you're young, you feel you're invincible. You're just going a million miles an hour. Yeah. But it slows you down. I think a lot of the answers are in slowing down and having gratitude and having empathy for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I think all of those things comes from if you've actually experienced it as well, if you've been through hardship, there's yep. no excuse for bad behaviour in terms of, you know, when I say bad behaviour, I mean by how you treat others. You're with Nick Brax on Soul Trader and you're on Disrupt Radio on DAB+. Soul Trader. Reworking work. And one of the things that people need to also realise is that it's been a 20-year success. Because it wasn't overnight. Nothing happened. No. And, and, and that's, people, I, that. I think that's a really important point because, you know, obviously you told the story about how if you missed, yeah. you know, if you kept playing golf and didn't be opportunistic yeah. at that time, but that's yeah. not the only reason why you got to where you are. There's like a whole 17, 18 years that happened after that of you, you know, grinding yeah. and actually building this thing into reality. So I think a lot of people either it's one or the other, it's either working their ass off, but not in a smart way or being purely just opportunistic, but without wanting to work for it. It's got to be everything. It's got to be sort of know where your skills are. You got to work hard when you need to, but that's what I find hard in business and what I've, you know, want to be able to slow down a bit and feel things and connect with people. And a lot of business and a lot of entrepreneurs I meet, it's go, 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 go. And I'll be sitting with a friend. He's like, Hey, let's go grab a coffee. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to talk to him and he's checking his phone. I'm like saying something. He's like unable to even interpret what I'm saying. And I'm like, Hey, we don't have to catch up. Like, like it's yeah. like, we're literally not able to have a conversation because, and that's just so common. So it's like, it's hard to find that balance. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Everyone's, everyone's on their journey and everyone's trying to achieve something right now. Yeah. Um, but you got to slow down. I, honestly, I think it's so important. And you actually make better decisions when you slow down. I'm about to get into a buy agency where we're going to look after a lot of young AFL football players and manage them. I don't know a lot about footy at all. Um, I've probably been to two or three games, but watching them and yeah. seeing them go through all the challenges that they go through without mentorship and all that. And anyways, I spoke to one of the gentlemen that I'm going to go in business with and he was so excited. You know, He's like, oh yeah, great idea. Let's do it. I said, no, no, mate. I want you to go and sleep on it tonight, tomorrow night, the night after and come and see me on Monday. And then we we'll talk about it then because it's, and he was so excited, you know, he's like, okay, how do we do it? I'm like, no, we're not doing nothing. Slow down. Like I, I want it as bad as you do because I love to be able to be involved in that because I'm yeah, passionate yeah. about the whole mentorship and stuff, but you got to slow down. And he, and he messaged me later on saying, thanks, mate. I really appreciate you telling me to. Like, think I totally, this. totally get that. It's just being, yeah. And I, I, I find that hard in so many different areas of my life where it's like that, that impulsive sort of thing where you just, and, and when you, when you do be impulsive, you get so overwhelmed and you just, like you said, it's when you make mistakes because you're not, our brain can only take in so much information at a time. So it's like, 
it's a tricky thing to try and find that balance. But yeah, I think really good point. Thank you, mate, for making the time to come on here and loved everything you've talked about. And I've, I've learned so much listening to you. And so just appreciate you being so open and, you know, everything you're doing, I think it's amazing. And the fact that you're now on this next journey and helping other people and everything. And I think it's so important and um, you're definitely making an impact, you know, in the world and, and helping people. Thank you, Nick. And thank you for having me on your show. It's lovely to meet you. And I look forward to meeting you in person once you're down under. Appreciate it, mate. And final thing, where can people go if they want to find out more about you? Yeah, just look on my social media, just Sam Bashiri on my Instagram. Um, they can jump on and um, just drop me a DM and I'll get back to you and we'll go from there. Thank you again, mate. Really enjoyed it. The biggest lesson I took away from my interview with Sam was the significance of seizing opportunities. Every day offers a potential life-changing moment if we're willing to stay open-minded and are adaptive enough to jump when the opportunity arises. As entrepreneurs, this can be the difference between a failed business and success. Sam's journey showcases his knack for recognizing and capitalizing on opportunities. He embraced every chance that came his way, even in the face of uncertainty and challenges. This mindset propelled his career growth. I love the story about the early days in his business when he jumped at an opportunity that came about while he was out playing golf. He probably would not be where he is now had he not seized opportunities. Sam is also incredibly resourceful. He's always learning, adapting and evolving. He's never stagnant. To stay ahead in business, it's not enough to simply do what's required. You need to go above and beyond, always innovating and staying a step ahead of your competitors. Sam took initiatives such as utilizing bulletin boards for free advertising, reaching out to potential clients, and leveraging networking opportunities to boost his business. And his work ethic has not changed to this day. He prides himself on doing the work. I like it how Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about doing the reps. If we want to get results in the gym, we need to put in the daily reps. It's no different in business. The daily reps make all the difference. There's simply no finish line. Anything meaningful and worthwhile in life really does come down to perseverance and hard work. Sam's relentless commitment, long hours and willingness to acquire new skills were a real example of dedication and hard work. Sam has had to overcome so many challenges on his journey from starting afresh in a new country with language barriers, constant industry complexities and financial setbacks. His ability to continually overcome these challenges has fueled his personal and professional growth. I found it really interesting hearing Sam talk about balancing impulsiveness. He always takes his time to consider consequences before making decisions, and he sees this as crucial. Having impulse control and the ability to stay true to the long-term vision, despite daily struggles, is a key factor that ultra-successful people seem to master. Another really significant topic that came up was mentorship and guidance. Sam talked about the importance of mentorship, particularly for young men navigating life transitions. Learning from those who have been down a similar path helps individuals in tackling challenges more effectively and avoiding mistakes that can often set you back years. Most high achievers have had mentors along the way. There are so many pitfalls when setting out to start a company, many of which we can only learn by life experience. By seeking mentors who have been through the trenches and who have come out the other end, we can take on valuable advice that can be literally the difference between success and failure. Another key point is that no one can go it alone. Every single person who's had success in life has had the support of others. 
When we look from afar at those who inspire us, we just see the individual and the associated glory. What we don't see is the years, often decades of struggle that was supported by teams of people. Great leadership is about building teams and knowing where your strengths and weaknesses lie. Like most people, Sam views challenges and failures as valuable lessons. Developing resilience by learning from mistakes plays an important role in forging a successful path. They reveal what doesn't work so that you can pivot towards what does. In business, the path to success is often paved through failure, provided that you can learn and adapt with each setback. Sam is also really clear on his own personal definition of success. For him, it's not about money or fame, but rather personal fulfillment through constantly challenging himself to be better. He's a big advocate for work-life balance. He values exercise and self-care for maintaining his mental and emotional well-being. He's big on gratitude, and he's always pushing for personal growth. He talked about his self-awareness and understanding of emotions. His own mental health struggles have led him to seek help, talk to friends, and seek guidance, all really important parts of his journey. To have long-term success, it's important to work on yourself like Sam does. If you're not keeping balance and doing things in a sustainable way, it's incredibly likely you'll burn out. Sam showed a lot of empathy and understanding, openly discussing feelings and emotions. It's really important to be vocal about this, especially for men who are hesitant to talk about such topics. Sam believes empathy and vulnerability display strength and encourages everyone he comes across to face such challenges with openness and vulnerability. This mindset seems to be a big reason as to why Sam's been able to stay true to himself amongst ongoing external pressures over the years. He's also been able to keep balance by giving back, such as sharing experience and knowledge, especially through social media. Guiding the younger generation to avoid pitfalls is a principle he values. He also found a balance by taking time for reflection and prioritising relationships with family and close friends above all else. In summary, Sam's interview epitomises seizing opportunities, resourcefulness, perseverance, overcoming challenges, mentorship, work-life balance, self-awareness, empathy, and the value of learning from adversity. This interview serves as a guide for personal and professional success while valuing mental well-being and authentic connections. Disrupts Radio, because business knowledge is power. Conscious Capital, better business for a better world. I'm Tane Hunter. My background is in cancer research, data science, and machine learning, what everyone is calling artificial intelligence at this point in time. We uncover the extraordinary stories of the change makers who are rewriting the rules and making the world a better place. To explore what's happening on the frontiers of science and technology and seek out stories of human progress. Conscious Capital features a lineup of fascinating guests, visionary entrepreneurs, innovative nonprofit leaders, and influential impact investors. We're focused on the solutions rather than the problems. Conscious Capital. Live on DAB+. Online and on demand at disrupt.radio.